Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Build Your Network podcast, the only top-rated show committed to helping you grow your business, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Let's get into the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this midweek mashup episode here on the Build Your Network podcast. My name is Eric Skorzynski. I'm Travis Chappell's producer. On today's show, you're going to be hearing clips from our conversations with Chris Sissis, Evan Carmichael, and Sean Cannell. Chris Sissis has accumulated over 3 billion YouTube views, and he's absolutely dominating over on YouTube. Next up is Evan Carmichael. Evan Carmichael runs a YouTube channel for entrepreneurs with over 3 million subs and 500 million views. And Sean Cannell is a YouTuber, international speaker, and coach that helps entrepreneurs build their income with online videos. And his channels have over 1 million subs and over 100 million views. You want to listen to each and every one of the experts on today's show. You're going to get some incredible insights. They're going to help you dominate YouTube. All right, let's get into the show. I do want to go back to the first time that you felt like you clicked into gear and things fell into place where you're like, oh, I'm onto something. Like this one is going to work. What was that moment like for you? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, one of those moments that you'll never really forget. You know, I've the, the numbers now in my mind that, you know, they they mean nothing to me. But thinking back then, it's like, wow, this is it. Like, this is the moment. I sort of briefly spoke about it, you know, on another podcast. But, you know, the, the, the biggest thing was when you're in a position where everything seems like it's going to fail and everything seems like it's not going to work. And the things you've previously tried before didn't work. And they, mm-hmm. you know, they broke down essentially on that scaling mechanism mm-hmm. that they weren't designed to handle scale or just even uh, a high v- a volume of people, views, etc. Uh, one of my channels got shut down and I had to learn really quickly not to do those mistakes again. Mm. So then on this second channel that I had started, you know, six, seven months in, I'd gone on a trip with my girlfriend and my friend and his girlfriend. And we went out to a dinner one night and we're just sitting there talking. And, you know, they're talking about their New Year's resolutions because it was around New Year's. And everyone was like, oh, I'm going to do this next year. I'm going to go here. I'm going to, you know, achieve these certain things. And my goal was I just want to get a viral video on YouTube. That's all I care about. And, you know, logging into my YouTube account and not seeing anything was obviously dampening that dream or that goal, that ambition that I had because I still wanted it, but I just didn't know how to obviously get it. But I had been testing a lot of different things to see what would work, what didn't work. And that sort of led me to about, I don't know, maybe two days later, three days later on the same trip, we were at another dinner and I looked at my account and I could see in the YouTube analytics that one of the videos I had posted had just hit 50,000 views. Hmm. Now, at the time, that was my biggest video that I'd ever had and just lit a fire under me. And I was just stoked for the rest of the day, the rest of the trip. I was obviously bouncing off walls. And it just kept on going. And then a couple of days later, it was at 100K. A couple of days later, it was at 150. And then my channel got monetized because of that video. Mm. So now I was starting to make money from this. Obviously, it was you know a couple of bucks a day. It was nothing crazy. But that was the realization, that moment, that understanding that, you know what? I can actually do this. I just got to take the information that's happening from this video, extrapolate that into something that makes sense that I could duplicate and replicate across mm. different videos and different channels. And then essentially just keep on building, and uh, you know that was the moment for me where it really hit, and I was like, "Holy shit, I'm gonna I'm gonna get something here for a second. And right. it, and it just obviously blew up from there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a huge feeling whenever something takes off for the first time. Like I mean, when you first hit a thousand likes and something, you're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" But it is it's exciting watching those analytics climb, you know, and you know, seeing a video pop off like that. And I'm kind of curious, like 
you know, sometimes when a creator has something pop off, they go straight into just duplicating that thing over and over again. And then that's when you start getting the comments of like, do something new. Like this is the same thing you've been doing. Yeah, the original. Um, yeah. How did you build off that initial virality? Like, did you change your course? Did you pivot a little bit? Did you start trying to replicate it? Like what was your your next step to that first hit? So on this particular channel at the time that blew up, it was about gaming content. So it was just like doing gaming reviews, doing gaming uh, synopsis or breakdowns of certain games, secrets, Easter eggs, all the little bits and pieces. So this particular video that took off, I think it was, uh, it was about The Witcher. I'm not sure if you remember that that game, but it was about The Witcher game and it was like secrets and Easter eggs and whatever. And the video started taking off and I was like, okay, Obviously, the, the Witcher itself is starting to, you know, be adapted into movies and, and further books and further games and TV shows and all these bits and pieces that are happening. What if I was to take other games that are doing the same adaptation and create similar versions of this Witcher one that would be in a different, no. you know, game or category, but still within the category of gaming in terms of it's still a game being adapted into a movie or maybe a movie that's adapted into a game. And that's where it sort of led me down that rabbit hole of I can have you know, a subset category of movies into games and games into movies mm-hmm. and just switch out the titles and essentially keep the same context of context of what The Witcher one was, which was Easter eggs, you know, and secrets, whatever. And that really allowed me to understand that I could just switch out those names and obviously make sure that certain analytics were hit. And then I could start getting not necessarily similar, but better than normal views and attention because then I saw it clicked for me that I could piggyback essentially off the title of whatever this game was or this movie was. And then if there's promotion coming up, so for example, if there was a new game coming out, and let's just say, for example, there's a game called The Last of Us, Mm -hmm. and there's a new TV show coming out called The Last of Us from HBO. Now that movie and that game are getting more attention as HBO push more trailers, more details, more news. And I could essentially ride that wave and try to get the attention, build an audience, and then move that into the next one. So that's sort of where it clicked for me. And I realized, you know, the power of trend hopping, if you will, or, you know, viral topic hopping. Yeah. I mean, they're spending the ad dollars to promote your topic, which is, uh, which is a pretty cool spot to be. And if you build, if you build the video right, it'll just ride, it'll just ride that wave and you'll be able to capitalize on the views and ultimately revenue as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, much of what you do is explaining how to do that, just that. I mean, building the video the right way. And this is something that, you know, uh, when people get started on YouTube, you know, it's like, I need a sick intro and, you know, I need a cool title for my channel and all the, all this stuff. And then you put out a video and it gets like no traffic whatsoever. And, you know, when I started doing YouTube really consistently, it was, it was like two years ago and, you know, started putting out content, started trying to figure it out. And everything that I thought was important in the beginning feels like it's not really important. And then there were these little things along the way that kind of I realized are of utmost importance. So going into that conversation of if you were to start a new channel today, because I'm sure somebody's going to listen to this episode and hopefully start their first YouTube channel. What does it mean to build their content the right way? And what's maybe one or two tactical things that you'd say, you know, most people miss this. You need to make sure that you hit this when you start your channel. Yeah. So you sort of touched on it before with intros, outros, Midtros, all these things that people throw into these videos, it's totally not necessary. You know, people, again, perfect example of something like this would be someone like Mr. Beast, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of people look to Mr. Beast as this guy that's doing all this crazy stuff, but he essentially has built his videos around a certain framework and a blueprint that is obviously proven to work. Now, as soon as you click on a video, the first thing that he's doing is introing the video based on the title 
that you've clicked on. That creates that simulation between this is the title, this is the thumbnail, and now I'm being told that's what it is as soon as I click on it. Mm-hmm. He's not asking for someone to like or subscribe or to comment. He's not saying, you know, here's my crazy Mr. Beast intro video animation that goes on for 30 seconds or, you know, talking about his accomplishments or, you know, if he's ever been on stage before or the money is made. None of that matters because he knows that those first few seconds, those first 10 seconds, five seconds are absolutely crucial to capture the attention and then ensure that attention stays, you know, throughout that video. So a lot of the time people will fill up videos with an intro and then that goes on for 10, 20, 30 seconds. And then they wonder why people don't watch past 30 seconds of their video. It's because a lot of the time people are like, well, this is boring. I don't know why I'm here and they leave. So first thing is don't worry about intros. Don't worry about any of that. Just give the people what they want. If you're some teaching someone how to I don't know, use LinkedIn to generate more leads. Just this is how to generate more leads using LinkedIn. Number one, blah, 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 blah. Number two, blah, 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 blah. And then as the video progresses and you get to maybe the middle, then you can start saying why someone would listen to you or why someone Mm -hmm. should care. Because now you've got their attention, they're trusting the content you're saying, and now you can go into who I am and why you should listen. And again, it would be really brief and it wouldn't be every video. Just because a lot of the time people, again, they don't care. They just want the attention of what it is that you're providing, right? They want the value. So that's probably the first thing that I would say a lot of people need to stick with. And the second thing is just the quality of the actual video itself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, videos don't need to be high level, expensive production value. They just need to be in a position where people can understand it clearly that, you know, the audio doesn't hurt to listen to it or that the visuals aren't super boring or, you know, there's not one stagnant screen object video, but nothing else. And you're just sitting in front of a camera talking, depending on who you are, you can get away with it. But 99% of people can't. So it's like you need to add something in there, add some pizzazz, you know, add some different music or add some, you know, text on screen, just really simple animations. But because everything in our world moves so quickly, especially nowadays with TikTok and all these short form platforms, you know, we need to make sure that we've got things coming at them left, right, and center Mm -hmm. for a few seconds anyway to keep their attention and then ultimately maintain their attention throughout that video. So those are the first two things that I'd sort of really focus on. Yeah. Yeah. uh, The intro was something that I, felt like, oh, I have to have a good intro. And then I realized like my watch time was a lot better getting rid of it. And yeah, when you're even it. it's it's just weird stuff. Like it's it, you know, I come from a video production background. And so like, you know, for me it physically pains me some of the things that really work on TikTok or YouTube to get people's attention. Like it's not always the cinematic feel. Sometimes it is doing this like blocky text or like, you know, some of these editing things that don't look as good, like you know, on, a, on an objective level, but they're effective. That that was really hard. But it is like what you said. Like it's fulfilling on the promise of why they clicked in the first place. Like that's the first thing anybody wants to know when they click a video. Is like, is he actually talking about this, or is this going to be a twenty minute sales? Yeah, it's pitch? a clickbait. Yeah, yeah, right. 100%. And that's and that's something that you know Logan Paul, Jake Paul, all these vloggers used to do really well. Is that they would have you know the thumbnail or the highlight of the video. They would show it for a second at the very start of the video, and it would be a ten or twelve minute long video. And they would take that clip from, say, it happened at the very end, and they would use it at the start because people want to see what that main payoff is or what the event is. So then a lot of people will watch the whole video to get to the very end. And then that's a five second, 10 second thing that doesn't really matter. And people don't really care about it at that point because they've all just watched 10 minutes and like, well, this is just crap. I've just wasted my time watching this. So there's, you know, there's definitely little tricks and things in there you can do. But ultimately, you know, it really just boils down to, just create good value, good quality content, make it enjoyable to, you know, I mean, art 
is obviously up to the subject mm-hmm. watching, right? It, it's, everyone has different perspectives on art. But if you can get a generic understanding and just run with that, then you'll get crazy results. That right there is what I find to be the common denominator in terms of purely content creation. People mm-hmm. that are trying to build an audience around creating some sort of consistent content yeah. is that they want the 1.8 million YouTube subscribers but when the three people show up on their first time, they give up on it because it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Like you weren't attached to the numbers. You were attached to supporting and helping people. And like, if you can get behind your mission and get attached to that sort of the outcome, instead of just like, I want big inflated numbers, then that's in my opinion, really where, where the magic happens. And that's why a lot of people give up and quit so soon because they don't treat the five people as if it's a million people. They want to save all their good stuff for later. Right. Like they just want to keep sure. pushing it off. Like, well, one day when I get a million, then, then I'll take it more, more seriously when I have a million subscribers or, or I'll take my speeches more seriously when there's 500 people there instead of just, you know, three people there. So what would you say to somebody out there that's like really kind of on that hustle right now? So one, again, tying your self-respect to the effort, not the result. Like, are you proud of your effort? I was proud of myself for doing those three people, even though it was only three people. Mm-hmm. Like I was proud. Two, that you enjoy the process, right? Again, you have to enjoy the process of doing it. I love doing it. Even though it was only three people, I still loved the conversation and helping them. And then three, which has been a more recent one that I've added in is expect to suck at the start. You're going to suck. A big problem is you expect to be great. (laughs) Like I can do that. You watch somebody on YouTube and say, I can do that. And then you go and you do it and you can't do it. And then you're embarrassed by what you look at. It's like, I didn't realize I sucked so much. And somehow you're shocked. Yeah. I don't don't know why. You you watch yourself back like, man, that sucks. (laughs) And then, and then you never release it or you release one and, and so that's, oh, that's just not for me. You know, that's just not, well, that's the thing. But then if you only do stuff you're great at, cause you tie your self-respect to the winning, mm-hmm. then you're only going to do things that you're going to win at. Mm-hmm. And so then you play small for life. Right. Where I don't think that I suck as a human. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the <laughs> yeah. skill yet. Yeah. So you're coming in here and filming these videos. We got this set up. I don't know. Maybe you're nervous with all the lights and everything yeah. else we're doing, but dude, we've done 6,000, 7,000 videos. <laughs> like it's unfair to compare. And I would only use a comparison as a kick forward where most people kick themselves down. So I look at young Les Brown, like, you know, Les Brown, the speaker, mm-hmm. young Les Brown is my hero for a speaker in my books, the number one speaker of all time, young Les Brown. Mm-hmm. I look at that and say, man, that's like, I don't know if I could ever be that great, but I use that as inspiration for what's possible. Not, I suck, so I should stop. But I think you need to kick. I think the kick is important. Just what's the direction? You need to kick forward, not to kick down. And so you need to start and try things and at the same time expect to suck. So everything I do at the beginning sucks. It should suck. Like if you don't suck in your first video, you should have started four years ago. Like you actually suck as a human for not having tried four years ago, <laughs> right? right? You're supposed to suck at the thing at yeah. the beginning. Like and that's then, what, uh, what we, Reed Hoffman always says that. Okay. Like if you... If you're not embarrassed by your first product, then you've launched too late. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. But now apply it to, to whatever you're trying to learn, whatever you're trying to get good at. It just means you don't have the skills yet. And that's okay. How do you get them? Practice. Yep. Keep going. So let's talk about that then. So growing a YouTube channel, lots of people are trying to do that. What made you successful at it in a sea of a bunch of people failing? I think you need to figure out what your lane is. So for me, I have the combination of belief. So that's what I stand for and trying to instill belief in people when they come to the channel. And then also creating content that I wish existed. So I didn't want to do, if you're looking at the top 10 series, for example, I wish you did it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I want to just subscribe to your channel and yeah. you do it for me, right? right? Here it is, gift wrap, the best things that Elon Musk ever said in 20 minutes. Amazing. Right. I just wanted to consume that, but it didn't exist. So yeah. I made it. 
And just like every other entrepreneur, it's like you, you figure out what the hole is, what the opportunity is, and then you go and you fill it. But based off of your story, why did I care so much about that? Because modeling Bill Gates saved my company. And so I wanted to help other people. Once you get through the hurdle, you want to give back. You take a, a step on the staircase, you want to reach back and pull people up to join you on the step that you're at. And so that's why I cared so much about modeling success. So for somebody who's just getting started, first off, I think YouTube is the best place to build a long-term brand because it's the only platform where your content lives forever. Even a podcast, nobody goes back to episode 14 when you have 5,000 podcasts, right? Nobody cares about your tweet from last week, but my videos from five years ago are still getting views. So it's the only place where your content lives forever. As long as it's evergreen stuff, like this interview, we're not touching on anything that's specific to this date and this time. It's not a news coverage. So in six years, somebody could still learn from this video. But because it has that ability to live forever, it's also the most competitive and the hardest to get started with. So people often quit too soon. And so I actually recommend starting with Instagram because it's easier to get going and get traction and then transitioning to YouTube. Like IGTV specifically or just Instagram in general? All of it. IGTV, okay. Instagram is the best place to start, but YouTube is the best place to live. If you care about building a long-term brand, if you say like, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to be a thought leader for the rest of my life. Great, you need to be on YouTube creating content. If it's, this is my thing for two years to flip it to then give me permission to go do something else, then don't worry about YouTube. Yeah. It's going to take you too long to start building any right. kind of traction. But was there a time during your whole journey where you noticed there, there was like a big amount of traction that was coming in? Or was it just a really slow, gradual buildup over time? The decision to go daily on my channel made mm-hmm. a huge difference. Going from one a week to once a day had a huge spike in my channel. Yeah. And then once I did it twice a day, had another huge spike. Consistent content wins. Yeah, all yeah. the time. And it's hard. So this is where it becomes a challenge because how do you get good quality content out so yeah. consistently? And here's what I would actually recommend doing for a thought leader, right? So Travis, the thought leader, what I care about is how you think. You think a different way. You think differently. I want to know how you think. So even as you walk into here, what you look at might be different than what the average person looks at. How you see this space is different than the average. That's your most important job. I'm coming to you to understand the way that you think. And so most people spend too much time on the editing of their video and not enough time on making the video. So a typical person would spend 20 minutes making a video and then five, six hours editing it. You're training the wrong skill. You're training yourself to get good at editing. But the skill you want to get good at is being able to speak. Content, Content, speak, like get your ideas out into the world and capture it in a video format. You should spend five, six hours recording it over and over and over again so that you get to a 10 minute video that needs no editing. And then as you grow, then you hire editors and you surround yourself, you get a team. But your ultimate goal should be as a thought leader, I want to be able to take my message from a 15 second Instagram story to a five minute IG live TV, to a 10 minute YouTube video, to a 40 minute keynote, to a three day workshop retreat with me. And everywhere in between, you need to collapse and expand your message. That's the right skill to learn. But most people are working on the wrong skill. They don't produce content because they're worried about the fancy editing. Yeah. Right. Now, if you're an editor, your guy, my guy, they need to... Danny's editing reel sucks, so no one's going to hire him. Right. Right? Exactly. <laughs> it's just a different skill set. Mm-hmm. Your editing reel should be m- most important, you making content. So that if that means you just get out your phone and you put it on a tripod and press record and give me something fire, that's going to help your brand much better over short-term and long-term. And then you'll eventually be able to hire somebody to help you with everything else. What do you think is, in your experience, the best performing type of content on YouTube to this point, like top 10 lists or solo shows or interviews, like combination, what do you think has been best performing for you? 
within the thought leadership space, mm-hmm. right? Because there's entertainment and prank yeah. channels and food and all that stuff. Within the thought leadership space, I think it's a combination of interviews and then showing me something, showing me the result. Mm-hmm. So, like how to's almost? How to's, but on the thought leadership, it's a little bit harder. What I would love to see you do, like, what's the one thing that you think you teach people the best at? Networking. So what I would love for you to do is, is take somebody to a networking event and help them. And document yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Follow them along and you have them in studio like this and say, okay, tell me your story. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? Who are you trying to network? Why should people care? What's your story? And then you give them tips like, hey, sit up straight or like, let's go practice and use me as a demo and like, hi, I'm Travis or whatever. Right. But then, then go to an event and film them and show them sucking yeah. probably at the beginning. Right. And, then, and then Travis, the coach, comes back and says, okay, next time it was good. It's good. You got the sweats off. Next time, just go and say this, right? right. Like, why are you here? What's, what are you trying to learn from the speaker? Just introduce yourself like that. And you give him a little tip and then he goes and he does it. And it needs to be, you know, you need to have clean audio so we can hear what's happening. And as long as the camera's not super shaky, but you don't need like a huge production around that. Showing people getting the result will make a huge, huge, huge difference. So I think that's hard to do on a, on a daily basis. So supplementing it with, here are my five tips to get networking. Here's the things you need to do, or here's the events you need to show up at, or how often you should go, or how to go to your nerves or whatever the how to's that, that you would do and one, two, three, four, five. But I would definitely put some kind of live action where you're, you're helping somebody, you're coaching somebody. That's how you actually come across as a thought leader and that when you see them struggling and failing, because the people watching say, oh my gosh, that's me. Like I would suck. I would be (laughs) nervous trying to go off and introduce myself, right? right? And you become the guy who helps them. Got it, got it. What about long form, short form? Is there such thing as too long? Should we be going for shorter videos? It depends on the platform. If you're looking at YouTube, I would say 10 minutes at a minimum. Okay. That's what we aim for internally. Okay. Every video, we want to be 10 minutes long, at least. Got it. No max. My best video is 38 minutes long. Okay. I have videos that are four hours, six hours, eight hours that crush it. It's really hard to get a short three-minute video to rank. To do well. It used to be well. It used to be, YouTube used to be more an entertainment platform. Mm-hmm. There was no thought leadership content. It was cat attacks man. Right. And like man right. falls downstairs and just stuff that you would waste your time on. Comedy shorts and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's evolved and those still exist, but the longer form is what tends to do a lot better. And so the only short ones that really pop are either some kind of insane news drama, live action, like man shoots somebody and right, right? right. Or music videos. Why? Because the music videos get the repeat. You listen to it again and again and again and again. That doesn't happen typically for thought leadership. They're not looping your video all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So we we aim for... Be hella captivating. (laughs) Like if if Danny cut this video and it came back and he gave me a six minute version, like, man, we got to find a way to add. Like, did we not talk about anything else that we can bring in to make it a 10 minute video? Got it. So that's like very bare minimum. Internally, yeah. 10 minutes is what we... Like, ideally, it's what we aim for. Now, if you can't, don't force it. If it's eight and eight's the best you got, then then you do eight. But better eight minutes of quality than to yes. have another two minutes. But then realize within it that you're if you're talking about networking, you have a deep well of knowledge around networking. It's not just like two things and that's all you can say. Right. So give me more context. Give me another example. Tell me a story, story or two. Yeah. Yeah. Like just take me a little deeper. Explain it to me better. Don't say the same thing 18 times, <laughs> which is hard at the beginning when you're filming. Like you, right. if you watch it back, damn, I'm so repetitive. Right. But if you're an expert, then take me deep and, and give me more context around it. No maximum. 40 minutes, 50 minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. No such thing as too long, just too boring. Uh This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with 
Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Yeah. At what point along your growth trajectory did you realize like, uh, I'm not gonna be able to handle all this myself. I'm gonna have to start building a team and like scaling this thing out. I think immediately, and that goes... Like I, I, by this point now, I had gleaned enough wisdom from mentorship from those around me, even Benji, the co-author of YouTube secrets. And he, we have a channel called video influencers. We run together and he's got a whole nother separate thing. Just having people like that in your life that helps you see a little bit further down the road. Sure. So it was at least immediately looking for, uh, be, being thinking like, even before I was ready, like you need to start reading books on like delegation and teamwork before you're ready. Like, I mean, it's, it's also good to, if it's too late, it's a good time to start too, but it's probably better to prepare ahead of time. Yeah. And you definitely, you would probably give this, you always, if you're trying to break through that glass ceiling, you're probably going to wait too long yeah. and, and you're too afraid of the resources and whatnot. So, I mean, it started with like some interns, like an unpaid intern. He got like a hundred dollar Amazon gift card at the end of summer, editing some videos that kind of grew into it that way. Eventually I met a guy at a meetup in Vegas and then he came on at like a lower dollar amount until his skills and we met at the same thing. And then he's being paid pretty well. And then eventually it began to fill in more and more. And so it was just immediate, but probably the background to the point of you're saying, you know, in church, John Maxwell, one of the great leadership teachers of all time and authors, you know, says that actually leading leadership in church, one of the hardest places, because you don't have money as an incentive, you have to only cast vision, right. purpose, and kind of motivate that way. So even one of the most critical hires was Heather Torres. She's our chief operation officer today. We met on Twitter. She is an entrepreneur in her own right, had the same vision. Think Media has 16,000 subscribers. We meet on Twitter. We meet up at a public Starbucks, sit down. She's like, I knew I wanted to create an online course. Now I'm making six figures in affiliate marketing and YouTube. But I also don't feel like a tipping point to really start. You know, I, I had already been studying and knew that like the e-learning industry and all these things. 
but I was, I felt so capped. And she's like, I help people build online courses. And I was like, well, tell me more about your story. She's like, well, I dropped out of traditional college to take like B school with Marie Forleo and like John Lee Dumas's, you know, like podcasting course. And I was like, That's dear funny. God, you are, I was like, you are speaking my language. You know yeah. who these people are? I was right. like, you are You're in my world. Yeah. yeah right. I was like, man, you, I go, I'm like, I want to hire you. I can't pay you. How does that sound? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, let's go. And, and what we did was we agreed on just performance-based when the course sold. Yeah. So that's a true entrepreneur, someone who's not like paying me today, but like, I believe in what I could accomplish right. and I see who I'm connecting with. And so- And um, usually works out better financially if they can actually deliver on what they say they can. 100%. Yeah. And that, and that actually shows that they do believe they can deliver and they're right. not going to rest on the short term. They want to, they got that patience. So- that's, we created our first course called Video Ranking Academy that came out later in 2015. So like that was kind of already happening. In the yeah. first year, she worked just off performance. Second year, off like a base pay and performance. Now she's killing it. Like, cause she's worked into a multiple seven figure company yeah. that she's helped scale. And it's same thing. I mean, you talk about having that long-term vision, knowing what your skills are, knowing what you bring to the table. Yeah. Um, and she's operations. So even the vision of being in strengths and seeing different strengths and weaknesses and how we complement and, 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 uh, and I mean, if you really want to blow up and have a big vision and I even think, and even just for surviving and lasting through seasons, man, it's definitely, you can't go alone for very long. So we've heard basically the story of the come up. So take a second and brag on yourself a little bit. Talk to us about like what you're working on right now, what you're excited about, you know, what, what all of this work and ended up, you know, building into the business that you have, you know, the subscriber count and the, the views and that kind of thing, just to give people who maybe are back in the time where you were in the hospital with your wife right now. And they're thinking like, man, what do I do? How do I get out of this? give them a little bit of a glimpse of like what their future could look like if they stay on the path. Yeah, man, it's just crazy. CNBC recently did a proper mini documentary, like a 12 minute spot about my story oh, Awesome! because we had a $40,000 month in just Amazon affiliates. We now make like 35 to 55,000, which is insane. Yeah. It's like 250,000 clicks on tech links basically a month. Yeah. And that's a small portion of our overall uh, revenue. We've done eight figures in sales and are multiple seven a year. Team of 12 people, 125 million video views. That's just on Think Media. I haven't wow. done the math on some of the other channels. Uh, video Influencers is a separate 600,000 subscriber channel. That's a side project that complimentary, but different. And that's also where I wrote the book, YouTube Secrets. Again, number one bestselling YouTube a lot of books, if you hit 5,000 copies sold, it's pretty good. Yeah, so to hit right. like near 50,000. Even like traditional published 5,000 books is like, whew. yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I made my advance back or yeah. whatever for the publisher, but to sell 40, 50,000 books of any book, especially the way that you guys did it, man, it's incredible. It's pretty crazy. So yeah, so just a lot, a, a lot of things. And we're, we're still helping people. Our mission is to help 10,000 people create a full-time living doing what they love while making a difference in the world with online video mm. and really practically to help 10,000 people find their 1,000 true fans. Mm. And without going into that, it's just kind of the famous Kevin Kelly article yeah. that if you can find your 1,000 true fans, you could you could build a business around your passion or your expertise or yep. your know-how. And so that would also be 10 million people impacted. And we believe I believe with education being so disrupted and with things being democratized and the gatekeepers kind of being gone 
and even what we've seen with the lockdown and, and all of that, that, that being online, having an online offer and solving problems for others, you know, knowing your audience's proud problems and ambitions and solving those problems. I think YouTube's the best way to do it. And specifically, we now have evolved. There's probably two big arms. We're helping people crush on YouTube and establish their personal brand and their influence. And then we're helping people package, promote, and profit from their knowledge. And we believe the best thing people could do is create an online course, scalable, mm. whole nother conversation. Uh, talking to Thinkific, and we have worked with different brand deals, different companies. We use Kajabi, love Thinkific, Teachable's cool. Like these are online course hosting platforms. They said their best students, their most successful students that sell the most online courses and are the most successful are all YouTube creators. And this makes sense mm. because most online courses are videos inside of a membership area. Sure. And if you're educating on YouTube, you are already like pre-attracting someone that absolutely would make the next step. It makes just kind of a linear step. So as they were saying that, I see that kind of as the one-two punch, if you will, that mm. YouTube is the town square of influence <laughs> when it comes to video period. It yeah. is the center of the video universe that is why I believe the most consistently influential entrepreneurs, whether it's Brenner Burchard or Gary Vaynerchuk or Marie Forleo or Grant Cardone, invest heavy in YouTube. And it really is a pillar of influence that can then lead to whatever Eric Worre, like yeah, uh, yeah. whatever, that can lead to a lot of other things. And that it's also the real estate, digital real estate of YouTube, I think is a pretty critical piece for people uh, just something that everybody should be considering. And we help people build their influence with YouTube, period. Do you expect any sort of big changes to be happening with YouTube or any sort of like just really the video influencer industry as a whole with Spotify coming out, making some of the moves that they've made recently? I think that um, YouTube, on number one, as far as changes, they did just overhaul their whole backend. Like it went from the old classic creator studio to the new YouTube studio. It seems that, and even algorithmically, that about every 10 years, that was how long that change took. So I guess Mr. Beast, very influential YouTuber and one who shares at different events and whatnot, YouTube itself seems, I think it's going to be pretty similar for the next five years. Okay. Meaning the algorithm works, the viewership is there, the user base continues to grow. It's yeah. especially the lockdown has just increased viewership and all kinds of things. So YouTube will continue to evolve, but they don't move that fast. Like there's not, you know, hmm, they're not yeah. making my, it's, it's becoming more of an ocean liner, less of a speedboat Interesting. in terms yeah. of, of a platform. So I think that's, that's good. And it's also good for us. We keep our courses current, anybody that, you know, so we just recently rebuilt everything in light of like the new reality of YouTube. And, and it's, it's pretty established there. I think with Spotify, I do think it's, you know, it's hard to say. I think that when you become known for one thing, can you start pivoting and become known for something else. Yeah. Maybe Instagram's doing that. I mean, it was just a photo feed. Now it's sure. everything. Right. Live right. video, short form video, yeah. Snapchat, long, long and TikTok. form video, yeah. <laughs> IGTV, literally it's everything, right. right? You know, and, and people love Instagram. And so that's interesting to me. Of course, yeah. Rogan over on Spotify is, is interesting, but I think YouTube is just such a monopoly to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Amazon bought some URLs too. They bought like Amazon tube and they bought some different things. Maybe interesting, it, you know, people just announced that. But, um, when you think of the already existing content library, yeah, that's one thing that who could catch up with that search database, right, right. content library. That's where people fix their Jeep shocks, yeah. their, their dishwasher. They right. teach their, they have their dog stop peeing on the carpet. Like it's all. The, so there's that right. aspect. So of course, competitors will come and go. But again, I, as far as, is it good ground to invest in YouTube still? 
without question. Hey, hey, thanks for listening to this episode. That's it for today. As you all know, this show is completely free. Our only ask is that if you found anything valuable in this episode or in any of the episodes that you've listened to, then share it with somebody else and leave us a quick rating review in whatever platform you're listening to right now. It would be super, super helpful for us. Uh, so that's it for today, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Catch you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.